At that time, Jesus was led out into the desert by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, today Holy Church places before our eyes the striking image of Christ, God incarnate, the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, being tempted by the devil himself. St. Paul in the Epistle to the Hebrews writes, We have not a high priest who cannot have compassion on our infirmities, but one tempted in all things like as we are, yet without sin. When the Apostle speaks of the wonderful mercy shown us by our Divine Savior, who vouchsafed to make himself like us in all things save sin, he justly lays stress on his temptations. He who is very God humbled himself even so low as this to prove how tenderly he has compassion on us. <coughs> Here then we have the Holy of Holies allowing the wicked spirit to approach him in order that we might learn from his example how we are to gain victory over temptation. Unfortunately, rather than learning from our Lord's example, we, like the incredulous Jews, seek for a sign. Rather than learn from the Divine Master the methods we need to resist in the moment of temptation, we are drawn to the fanciful, the unusual, the new, and the trendy. Our curiosity is drawn towards the occult. Yes, dear friends, today I would like to speak on certain practices that seem to be growing in popularity among Catholics and even traditional Catholics. For some reason, it seems that many have an inordinate interest in the occult. Certainly, for good reason, they are drawn to what are purported to be good methods at freeing oneself or one's family from any infernal influence. However, Many of these practices find little or no precedence in the perennial practice of the Church and directly contradict the express instruction of Holy Church, which she has given for the good of her children. In a strict sense, exorcism is the expulsion of the devil from one possessed. And in its wide sense, it includes the nullifying of the devil's influence over any creature. Exorcisms may be either solemn or minor. The solemn rite of exorcism strictly requires the permission of the bishop, and the ceremonies and rites must be strictly adhered to. Minor exorcisms are performed by any priest in the rituals for certain sacraments, such as baptism, and in certain sacramentals, such as the blessing of holy water. And these are the means that Holy Church gives us to combat the evil one. Christ gave the power to drive out demons to the apostles and their successors. If in the ancient church certain lay people were successful at driving out demons, that is something to be admired rather than imitated. For in the early days of the church, the gifts known as the charisms, or gratia gratis data, were given superabundantly by God for the edification of the church. Christ himself founded the Church as a hierarchical and juridical structure and tied the use of certain powers to jurisdictional authority. Exorcism is among one of these powers. 
Just because one has received the minor order of exorcist, does that not mean that he can go about exorcising whomever he considers possessed? The exorcist must be named by the bishop and act in close collaboration with him. If a priest were to go off on his own to start his own supposed ministry of exorcism, the devil would mock him and he would be a less than effective instrument of divine grace and place his own soul in grave danger. Minor exorcisms are to be accomplished only within the rites for which they are intended and not to be given willy-nilly. The well-known exorcism prayer of Leo XIII is only to be said by a priest, usually with the express permission of his legitimate superiors and always in private. Holy Church has clearly stated that this prayer and any excerpts thereof are not to be said by the lay faithful under any circumstance whatsoever. And if it is true for the exorcism prayer of Leo XIII, it is certainly true for any prayers resembling this prayer. In dealing with these matters, it is not the time to be a revolutionary and think that the rules do not apply to us. The Church has authority in these matters, authority which she has received from Christ himself. One would not be a good Catholic if they were to disobey. There have been well-documented cases of the faithful flaunting these rules, which were established for their own good, only to become possessed by the devil after making use of these prayers. Flaunting the rules justly promulgated by the Church does not make one more Catholic or traditional, but makes one a Protestant. Certainly we can and should pray to God, Our Lady, the angels and the saints, to guard and protect us. But we should never directly command the devil or his cohorts by using imprecatory speech, that is reserved for the rite of solemn exorcism. Never use the names, real or supposed, of demons in an order to bind, in order in an effort to bind or rid ourselves of them, as this actually can do more harm than good. Rather, we should invoke the sweet names of Jesus and Mary. Some are concerned about curses and intergenerational sin. Yet these concepts seem to be at odds with basic Catholic belief. We all profess in the Creed, Credo in remissionem peccatorum, I believe in the forgiveness of sin. Certainly, if one grows up surrounded by sinners and cut off from the faith, it would be perfectly natural that such an individual would be inclined to sin. But the fact is that we are all inclined to sin. One of the nefarious consequences of original sin is that we all carry with us concupiscence, which inclines us to sin. Baptism frees us from all sin, both original and actual, as well as generational sin, for that matter. For that is precisely what original sin is, a sin passed down from our first father, Adam, from generation to generation. Baptism, however, does leave behind the consequences of original sin the Catechism, citing the Council of Trent, states, Yet certain temporal consequences of sin remain in the baptized, such as suffering, illness, death, and such frailties inherent in life, as weakness of character, and so on, as well as an inclination to sin 
that tradition calls concupiscence, or metaphorically, the tinder for sin, or fomes peccati. Since concupiscence is left for us to wrestle with, it cannot harm those who do not consent, but manfully resist by the grace of Jesus Christ. Another point to remember is that the devil does not make us sin. Sin is a personal choice. We have been endowed by our Creator with the gift of free will. Certainly, the devil tempts us, but it is we who do not reject his temptations. It is we who willingly, willingly yield to his suggestions, and then sin is committed. It is easy to become distracted by the drama of deliverance and exorcism and lose sight of the fact that the source of demonic problems is a relationship with sin, personal sin, sin that we actually commit. Certainly it is sad when we see family members ingrained in a pattern of sin, but we cannot foist our own will upon them by supposedly binding the demons that may be holding them in their grasp. It is an error to think that anything commanded to a demon by any baptized person in the name of Jesus will be obeyed. This is naive and borders on the superstitious. It is true that we are engaged in a spiritual combat. Each one of us is. This combat is common to all Christians and therefore only requires the use of the ordinary means of sanctification in order to be one. There is no need to go out seeking extraordinary weapons. We have at our disposal all that we need. The Church and our Immaculate Mother have placed them in our hands. If we are just a bit more faithful to our rosary, if we made less tepid and superficial confessions, if we were more fervent in our communions, if we used sacramentals such as holy water and the sign of the cross with great faith, if we were more faithful to those duties which God has entrusted to us by our state in life, perhaps we would have less to worry about. May Mary Immaculate and St. Joseph, terror of demons, grant us this grace. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.